In our first year of marriage, uh, Jenny and I went on an overseas trip and we had um, a, a stopover in Singapore. We were standing on a corner, a street corner in Singapore, looking at a tourist map because we've been married you know, way, way before they had smartphones and other things like that to look at maps on. But we had this tourist map and uh, it was big and folded out like this. And, and a guy came over and said, you're using our map. And we said, what? And it turned out that they were doing a promotion of, of this particular map and they were looking for people in the streets who were using the map so that they could give them a free meal. <laughs> OK, so the guy said, you have just got a free meal to this swanky restaurant in Singapore. And um, we couldn't believe it. The guy said, you know, you can come tonight at 6pm or whatever. We said, we're actually we're flying out at 5pm. <laughs> uh, and we were looking at the map because we're trying to get back to our hotel room to, to get our gear together. He said, well, you could come and have a meal now on your way. And um, we said, no, we really haven't got time. Uh, that is over 30 years ago. I still wonder what we missed out on. <laughs> it must have been magnificent. So you wouldn't want to miss out on, a, on a, an invitation to a banquet, to a great feast. And Jesus has been uh, having lunch with a group of religious leaders. Jimmy um, started this passage last, last week and um, he defended the host because he questioned the host's motive for the, the list of invitees. He defended the guests because he told them um, that they were just uh, wanting to pr promote themselves and that they needed to go low uh, in order to show their humility. And um, as that progresses, um, Jimmy spoke about this is, this is what um, the, the, the gospel does, what salvation does, is that it makes you into the kind of person that Jesus was talking about. Now, in order to take that a step further and to show, uh, to show that, he tells a story. And, and the reason he told the story was because as everybody is sitting there in their embarrassment, one of the invitees says, well, we're at a feast, so blessed are all those who eat and drink in the kingdom of heaven. That's like, let me be really serious and pious now because everything's been a bit disrupted and messy. So let's just say, blessed is everybody who eats and drinks in the kingdom of heaven. And you can imagine guys saying, yes, let's eat. Thank you for putting us back in the right direction. It was just a kind of pious statement, though, to uh, break the ice. And Jesus, recognising that, told a story, a story to actually uh, challenge these men in, uh, in their beliefs and in their actions. And the story is the one that Jenny read to us. Um, we know it very well. But in, in order to uh, understand this story, we need to understand a little bit about Middle East etiquette. So if there was someone who was having a big banquet, maybe it was a wedding feast or a special religious feast or whatever, they would send out the invitations uh, via their servants, their messengers, and um, invite them invite, to invite people to the banquet. So you got, that was your first invitation. If it was a really swanky deal and a really you know, wealthy person, you might have got one of those 
like you see wedding invitations. It's all embossed and all nice writing. And it would have had the menu next to it. Okay, just to get your saliva kind of working. And knowing what you were going to miss out on if you said no. So that's the first invitation. Now, because in the, um, the days of Jesus they didn't have you know, alarm clocks or whatever to, to go off to tell you when you needed to go, they sent a second invitation. And the servants would go out and say to the people who had accepted, everything is ready, so come. Come to the, to the banquet now. Um, everything is ready. So these people who have already said, yes, they're going to come, when the servant comes with the second invitation, they make the lamest of excuses. Oh, I can't come. I've, I've, I've just bought a field that I have to look at or I've just bought a, a team of oxen that I've got to test out. Or the really trump card is I can't go to any more banquets. I've just been married. I'm banqueted out. <laughs> Whatever. But the thing is not just how ridiculous are these excuses. The thing is that Jesus says that, um, I think it's verse 18, that everybody um, made it, uh, came forward with their excuse. Yeah, verse 18. All alike, they began to excuse themselves. That's, you know, that's a definite snub, isn't it, to the person who's having the banquet. When these people have got together and all alike have given lame excuses for not going. And it's not just pitiful, it's unbelievable that they would miss out. Imagine that you'd just been given two free tickets to an eight-course degustation menu with matching wines at the latest hatted restaurant in Sydney. No, I've got to go and check the tyre pressure on my car. <laughs> no, I've got to go and get my nails done. What? That's crazy, isn't it? And, and that is what Jesus is trying to make the people at the, at the lunch feel like, that it would be crazy to turn down that invitation. But as he continues the story, we understand that what he is saying is that these um, religious people who have called him to lunch, they've had the first invitation. Okay? They've got the prophets and the law. They've got the books of Moses. They've responded to the external trappings of, of religion. They've had the first invitation. But then when the second invitation comes, to come and actually meet the king, to come and actually show your respect and homage to the king, they go, no, nah, not me. Not really interested. And Jesus is trying to point out that just how ridiculous it would be to miss out on the best meal in town when you've been given a free invitation, how ridiculous it is for people to miss out on the invitation of Jesus Christ. And that picture of a banquet is, a, is an image in the Old Testament where the, you know, the, the kind of 
end of life is experienced in fellowship with God where you live with him forever and the, the, gathered around the banquet table. And that's the same kind of image that's given in the New Testament too, isn't it? Particularly um, at, at the end of the, the days, the book of Revelation talks about the wedding feast of the Lamb. Jesus, the bridegroom, the church, God's people, uh, adorned for their, for their, bride, uh, for their bridegroom. Uh, the great banquet set out and everybody enjoying that intimate fellowship with God. So those who are listening are challenged about their response and about the, the uh, stupidity of them missing out. What do we make of this for ourselves today then? Well, the most obvious point is that this story is challenging those people who are religious and who are pious in their religion, who are putting on a front. Yes, blessed are all those who will eat and drink in the kingdom of heaven. All of people who act like that are uh, being shown to be shallow and to have no real uh, in interest in, in God and they're challenged in their self selfishness. At a historical level, this explains exactly what happened in Jesus' day because Jesus was rejected. Those who received the first invitation, who are the religious leaders of his day, refused to receive the second invitation and to recognise who Jesus was and to humble themselves before him and to come to him as the king. On another level of history, this is what happened in the book of Acts, in the uh, spread of the church. What happened? The message of the gospel that was taken out by the missionaries, they went to Jewish communities first. And more often than not, they were rejected by those Jews who had the Old Testament law and prophets who had a, received a first invitation, they were rejected. And um, some were so hostile towards the message of Jesus that they actually killed the messenger. Or on Paul's, you know, for Paul's life on a number of occasions um, to the point of death. So it, it, it helps us to see that, but it also helps us to see that when, G, when the, the, the master sent out the people to the highways and the byways to come in, it is the, the outcast, the lame, the blind. Notice that list of people is the same list that Jesus ridicules the um, owner of the household for not having when he, when he had a meal, for not inviting people who were needy, but only inviting those who could repay him. So the, those who uh, have been brought in are those who didn't receive a first invitation but have received the second. And that's, the Bible calls those people Gentiles and, and um, many of us would be uh, in that category where it's the second invitation that we've responded to. If you grew up in a Christian family, you may also have received the first invitation, that's fine. But for so many in our world today who don't know Christ, it is the second invitation where Jesus says, come, come in, come in. And more than just that, the table must be full. He has a second round of sending out the servants 
And what did he say to the servants the second time round? He says something very interesting. He says, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in. Compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Now, in that, that's a very strong word. He's not meaning that they have to twist people's arms to make sure that they come to the party. No, the, the compulsion is an explanation of what they have been invited to. It's a compulsion that you could not actually uh, get over once you understand the grace of God and the gift of life in Jesus Christ. So to compel them to come in is to, is to give them all the facts and the details of who is holding this banquet. You would not miss out on any, you know, for any excuse to come before uh, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and be invited into the very presence of God. So, um, as we, as we uh, focus on this, this series on what sal salvation brings, we see uh, clearly from this story that salvation brings a compulsion for people to come into God's presence and to share in fellowship with him. The compelling reasons, the majesty of the occasion, the sheer magnificence of the meal, the amount of effort of the host, and the most amazing thing is the gift is free, the invitation is free. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit who actually confirms these compelling uh, actions and, and thoughts in our lives. Once we know of the majesty of the occasion and the significance of the meal and all these things, we are compelled. We cannot help ourselves. We're compelled so much that we would rather come to church and worship God than go and have breakfast at a coffee shop on a Sunday morning. We're compelled uh, so much that we would rather give our money to the work of God's kingdom than to spend it all just on ourselves. We are compelled enough to develop a kindness and an acceptance of people who do not be kind or accepting to us. We're so compelled that we want to share the message that we have the, the, the faith that we have, the, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, we are so compelled that we just want to share that with other people. We want to let others know. That is what salvation creates. And I hope that that is what has been created in your hearts as you hear God's word and as you appreciate once again what the grace of God in the offer of salvation, the offer of being brought in to fellowship with Jesus Christ. We should know because creation will, sorry, salvation will give us this compelling desire to attend the feast at any cost and to draw near in fellowship with Jesus Christ with others at any cost so that God may be glorified and his, his banquet may be filled. Let me pray.
Lord God, it is hard for us to understand the enormity of the invitation that you've given to us. It's hard for us to understand, Lord, the picture of the sumptuous banquet that nobody for any reason would want to forego. And Father, we pray that as we think of that imagery, that we may translate that to our thinking of our own relationship with you, that there is nowhere else that we could go, Lord, to, to receive grace and love and forgiveness, that we are compelled, Lord, by, by your uh, action towards us to live for you, to serve you, to honour you. And, Lord, that each of us may encourage one another to continue to see with clarity just who you are and what you have for us. We pray this, Lord, for your kingdom and for your glory. Amen.